Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. Good morning to our beautiful Glenridge family. Thank you for having me with you this morning. It is a privilege to be with you. My name is Heather, for those of you that don't know, and it is a privilege for me to be sharing the word with you this morning. So can you believe, friends, that it was actually this weekend that that poor couple came back from their Italy skiing weekend and tested positive for COVID this weekend? Shame I say poor couple because um, little did they know they would start a trend that um, would affect our nation and obviously um, a pandemic that would affect the entire world. And a whole year later, 2020 is behind us. And we're ready into March, and certainly nothing that we would have predicted, I'm sure you would all agree. So obviously, as we have begun to realize as Christians, as we have continued in this past year, um, in order for us to thrive in this space, we have certainly need of faith. We have spoken again and again about our faith sign and how we're so grateful that God had reminded us and has strengthened us with that sign and and deepened and strengthened our faith over the season. But a word that I have heard and have um, held on to this week is a word called stamina. Um, I have found my son has entered high school. Our son has entered high school this year um, in grade eight. And I have found, I, I leant across to him this week and said, my boy, are you are you managing with your new schedule? Um, and he turned to me and said, yeah, Mama, I think I'm managing. And I realized actually it was me who was probably not managing with his very early morning schedule, and it's nonstop until literally he hits the pillow late at night. Um, and I realized actually it was me who was maybe needing a bit of stamina to keep going with the, with the early morning schedule. So this is what the dictionary says about stamina. This is the definition it gives. It says, stamina is the strength and energy that allows you to sustain physical or mental effort for long periods of time. Increasing your stamina helps you endure discomfort or stress when doing an activity. Okay, let's break that up a little bit. For long periods of time. Okay, I think we've covered that. Did I say in the very beginning of my introduction, this has been a year that we have been walking through what we thought would possibly take two weeks of lockdown. It has now been a year. Okay, we've covered that. Stamina helps you endure discomfort. Anybody feeling a little bit of discomfort at the moment? Maybe I should ask the question, anybody feeling comfortable in any area of their life? Probably not. Um, stamina helps you to endure discomfort or stress when you're doing an activity. Anybody feeling any levels of stress in any area of their life, any activity that they're doing or any non-activity that they're doing? So if you answered yes to any of the above um, breakdowns of that little sentence of stamina, then I think you will agree with me that what we're needing at this time is a little bit of stamina in our lives. So the good news is that this trendy new exercise word for stamina, because interestingly enough, when you Google the word stamina, everything that comes up is these fancy new exercise routines and how you can sync your watch and increase your stamina to your exercise routines. But actually, stamina is not a trendy new exercise word. 
Stamina has been around in the Bible for a very long time. God just calls it something different. He just calls it endurance. He just calls it not giving up. He calls it persevering. He calls it fixing our eyes on the prize, on the things that he has promised. He calls it running the race to the end. He understands about stamina. He understands about perseverance and he understands about courage. The amazing thing when you read all those scriptures in Hebrews and Romans and Galatians, you'll understand for me when I read them, I call them my community scriptures because none of those scriptures you read are done on your own. They're always done with God at your side, but interestingly enough, they're always done with other people encouraging you. They talk about spur one, one another on to what God has for you with the great cloud of witnessing, help witnesses watching you get to the end of the race. For me, in order for us to get to keep enduring, in order for us to keep persevering, we need to know that we've got people alongside us that are going to help us increase our stamina and help us get to the next to the end of this season. But friends, as you know, we are not called to just endure the seasons that we're going through in life. We're called to thrive. We're called to plant in even in the barren places. Stan has been speaking about planting, about harvesting, and I know he's going to continue to speak about fruitfulness over the next few weeks, about living a life that is fruitful. So that brings me to the little picture that I want to show you today. So the picture that God gave me at the beginning of the year was a little tin cup. It's from our, one of our favorite little coffee places up in the Midlands called Turbidor. Stan says, I'm the trinket queen. Probably am. This was one of my little trinket mementos. But the picture God gave me at the beginning of the year was a little tin cup. And the picture was the tin cup overflowing. And I thought to myself, Lord, that's a strange picture to give us at the season where nothing really feels like it's overflowing. But that's the picture that he gave me. And then recently, Linda Watson has introduced me to an amazing author. Um, she writes the most beautiful books that Linda has. And this is the quote um, that Gary's going to put up on the screen. It's a quote by Ruth Choi Simons. And this is the quote that captivated my heart recently. It says, It's so much easier to get water from a cup that overflows rather than a well that runs dry. I was both encouraged and challenged by this quote. As I so desire for my life to be a testimony like this quote, and I desire for that to be the testimony of this community, that we would be a community that overflows, that people would be able to bring their cups during this barren season in their lives, and they would be able to easily fill up their cups, their buckets, their barrels, their whatever they bring, they would be able to fill it up because we are a community of people who live overflowed lives. But let's be honest. If we're honest with ourselves. Many of us have entered into 2021 with our wells feeling a little bit dry. Some of us feel like we don't even have enough left for our families, even for ourselves at the end of the day. So if we're wanting to live overflowing lives, 
Surely we've got to be plugged into life-giving springs. And Jesus said to the Samaritan in John 4, verse 14, he says, he said to her, if you want to continue to drink from this well, you will always be thirsty. But he said in the Amplified, in verse 4, he said, but whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become to him a spring of water. It will satisfy his thirst for God. It will well up in him, continually flowing, overflowing, bubbling up within him to eternal life. What a beautiful promise we have. So I'd like to take a few moments couple of to compare the options that we have in our lives about being con- connected to a life-giving source, a flowing, over- overflowing life-giving source that we have in Jesus, like a river, or to not be connected to that source, to be rather like a trough. Stand an amazing preach years ago about being connected to a river or being a trough, how we live our lives. And the most important thing in that is where you position yourself. So you can either position yourself next to a river. If you've ever been near a river, you can see there is always life next to a river. The plants grow. The the reeds on the sides grow. The trees grow. I mean, that beautiful scripture about the, the trees growing, about being planted next to a river, and that your leaves would become the healing of the nations that planting yourselves in the house of the Lord, you would be, you would flourish. There's flourishment, there's life. There's, there's, you are constantly being filled when you, your, your life would be overflowing if you're constantly plugged in next to a river. But if you think about a trough, um, also on, on um, our family farm, um, they use those old baths as troughs for the cattle. And um, they're great when you fill them up with a, with a hose pipe and you fill them up with the water and it's fresh and it's beautiful. Oh, but when you come there a few days later, it's terrible. That green mold has started to grow inside the trough and it becomes stale, the water, and it starts to smell. And um, the ground around the trough becomes soggy and the cattle get like foot rot because the ground is always wet around it because it's not fresh. It's not fresh water that's coming. It's, it's, it's rotten there. And you know what? It becomes exhausting. If you're not plugged into the source where you're actually constantly being filled by the river and by God's source, you have to constantly fill up your own cup, fill up your own bucket. It's exhausting, friends. You will know when you've done that in your life. It becomes exhausting to try and find things that keep filling you up. So my, my plea today is that we, that we plug ourselves next to the river, we plug ourselves into the into the source of God and the source of Jesus so that he can help us be constantly overflowing in our lives. The other thing that I love in Psalm 23, verse 5, because when I got that picture of the little cup overflowing, I kept thinking of that scripture. I went and Googled straight away because I I got it in a dream. And um, I got Psalm 23 where it says, says, um, you prepare a table before me, In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. That's talking about the blessings in our lives, about my cup overflowing. Um, 
And I thought to myself, isn't it amazing when you, um, and that is what it's talking about, that, that's beautiful, but it's talking about more than that. It's talking about when you live a life of overflowing, it means that you're living a life under the shepherd's love. Because Psalm 23 is actually, the Lord is my shepherd. So when you allow yourself to be plugged into the shepherd's source, he is the one that actually will overflow your cup all the time. And it's the shepherd's love that you plug yourself into. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. So that's my first picture is the overflowing cup of um, the life that I wanted to live, um, according to that quote that I saw. And um, the second point was that I felt like the, the overflowing cup as I felt like God was saying that there's more than enough. Um, again, I felt like it was a strange picture that God would give me at the beginning of a beginning of almost the same as last year. You know, I think many of us came into this year thinking, oh, thank goodness 2020 is over. But actually, it was just more of the same. We almost felt like it was October and January. Oh, could we just get to the end? No, we were starting again. It was more of the same. But I felt God remind me that actually God is not just the God of just enough. He's actually the God of plenty. He's actually the God of more than enough. You know, when he fed the 5,000, um, he took those two fish and those little loaves. And at the end of, his, of him feeding all those people, they collected 12 baskets of leftovers. Not what the people had eaten. Everybody ate, all the people, all the husbands, the wives, the women, the children. And still they had 12 baskets left over. And I felt God say to us that actually he's the God of more than enough. And that's the season that he has in our lives. So when he showed me the picture of the cup overflowing, it wasn't just for us. as It wasn't just for my life. And it wasn't just for your life. That actually the reason he wants us to have overflowing lives is because it's for other people. It's more than enough. It's more than we need. Um, so the second scripture that I have actually comes from Corinthians. Um, 2 Corinthians, the two letters that are um, written to Corinthians. Funny that we talk about, I spoke about the shepherd's love. Um, I spoke about the shepherd's love being the, the two letters that are written to the church of Corinth. Interestingly enough, the church of Corinth was set in, in an amazing um, city of Corinth. It was a huge commercial city. It had two ports. Um, it was an incredibly busy city. Um, interestingly enough, a lot of commentators have said a lot of the problems the churches were facing at that time could be spoken about what the church faces today. A lot of immorality, a lot of um, just incredible problems that they were facing in the city, a lot of dissension amongst the people, a lot of foreigners coming into the city, a lot of issues the people were struggling with in that city are things that the church faces today. Isn't that amazing? All those years ago. And yes, the churches were written by the amazing Apostle Paul, but it's off, it also says, it says that his shepherd heart for these people, the way that he loved these people like a shepherd, came through in the way that he gave them correction, in the way that he gave them instruction. You could feel how much he loved them, actually like how a shepherd loves his sheep. I love that because I'd spoken about the shepherd overflowing heart again. So in the second letter that he wrote, which is the letter that I wanted to focus on um, now in my, my second scripture, um, he speaks in chapter 8 and chapter 9. He's actually speaking about um, 
the generosity. He's speaking about the offering, and he has to actually bring a correction because some false teachers, he's not actually with the Corinthian church. He, um, he's actually in Ephesus at the time, and he has to bring a correction because some false teachers have come into the church and have started questioning what they're doing with the money and saying, you know, where, where are they spending the money? And in particular, what's Paul doing with the money? And um, he has to bring a correction. And I just wanted to, to mention what he says in, um, at the beginning of chapter 8. And I just have a sip of my water. At the beginning of chapter 8, listen to what he says. He says, he commends the Christians in Macedonia for their overflowing generosity to each other and to the poor. This is what he says in chapter 2, in verse 2. He says, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Sorry. When I read that this week, I was reminded once again why I bought my tissue. Even when I was preparing, I cried about it. Um, I was reminded once again at the overflowing generosity of the house of Glenridge. However, this past year, in verse 2, he said, over the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. And I felt like that's what we can boast about our beautiful community of Glenridge. That's what we did for our community. That's what you did for our community last year. Thank you. The Jesus we serve is not about just enough. He is about more than enough. He wants us to be sharing what he has so lavishly given to us. He wants us to give it away to others so that in, by us doing that, it may draw them close to him. That is the role that we have as Christians over the season. We need to be living overflowing lives so that when people ask us, how can we be living overflowing lives in this season? It may draw some of them closer to him because they will be questioning how we can be living such amazing lives and such overflowing lives when actually in the natural, it doesn't look like we could be. So my scripture that I'd like to, that I was wanting to draw attention to in Corinthians 9 Love you to go and read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. It's beautiful. I know it's speaking in those chapters about um, the overflowing generosity of the Christians at that time. But I really feel that that's what God is trying to highlight to us this morning. It's overflowing in every area of our lives. Because we know that when we overflow in the area of generosity, it's not just financial generosity. It might be generosity with your kindness. It might be generosity with your words. It might be generosity just with your smile. People are needing every part of our lives, every part of the generosity that we might be able to give them. 
So the scripture that I'd like to leave you with is um, from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And this is what it says. It says, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing that you do. Isn't that beautiful? So friends, be generous with what you have been given in this season and your well will never run dry. I'd like to leave you with a demonstration. Um, you will see how very important it is, as I spoke in the beginning, about positioning yourself for overflow. And I was mentioning to a friend what I was speaking about. Um, she arrived at my home with a beautiful tin cup, a little bit bigger than my trinket, another one that I will be keeping stand, so don't try and get rid of it, other trinket. Um, but it had overflow on it. And um, you will see how important it is that we position ourselves um, in the right space for God so that we can receive his overflow in our lives. And I pray that as you let the overflow of God come into your life, that it will be easy for other people because there's more than enough friends. It'll be easy for people to access the overflow from your life. And let's trust that in the midst of this place, that it will bring many of them closer to Jesus. Thank you.